Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Said, Matthew chapter 17 said that these kinds only go up by prayer and fasting. And I am currently going through a series of praying and fasting, so I figure I have that angle covered. And I said, it says right here in St. John 14, St. John 15, St. John 16, where, I, where I, had, I had read that afternoon, that if we ask the Father anything in the name of Jesus Christ, he'll do it if we believe. And so I'm walking, I'm walking through the process very timely and very, very slowly, not feeling spirited in no sort of way, just systematically doing what the scripture says. So I said, okay, um, I have, according to Matthew 17, um, is the position to ask. And according to St. John 14, 15, 16, if I believe, and I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you'll do it. So I said, okay, give me a good minute, Lord, let me get my belief in place. And so I, I, I self-taught myself and said, June, you believe, you got to believe, now that little girl needs you. Um, she's crying out for her, she's, she's losing her life, and, and, and she needs you. And so after I thought I got to the place where my belief was um, was established enough and my faith um, was in place to ask, I said, okay, Father, according to this text right here, you said, if I ask for anything in the name of Jesus Christ, you'll do it. So I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you will heal that little girl across the hall. I'll just reach down your mighty right hand with all your virtue and your power and your, your anointing and, and heal. I'm not asking you to take away her pain because the pain can go and she's still dying. I want you to actually heal her and make her whole. So right now, I confess, I believe, and faith in your name, and I'm asking according to your word, now heal that child. And instantly she stopped crying. There's the noise stop, and all the business in the room, the room started to settle down because the activity, activity in the room um, for the day and night that I was listening to them across the hall was very busy. At one point, if someone, if someone else was with me with John, I would have gone across there, but I was I was alone with John, and I didn't want to leave him alone in the room and the machine. So I stayed in the room and just listened. And so immediately the baby stopped crying and stopped moaning, and I I started to give God thanks, realizing that the baby is not moaning anymore. 
I stopped because earlier on um, Tuesday when I was listening to the baby, I said, don't they see there at any point? Because there was no break in the morning. The morning was continuous. And I said, don't they see there at any point in time? Um, and, and, and so it came to my mind that she's an intravenous because she's being sent to a tube. So I said, oh, okay, all right, so that you were all the time for morning and grown. And, and, and so the baby stopped as soon as I asked the Lord. And... I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. I say, thank you, Jesus. I say, God, is this how this works? <laughs> I say, hallelujah, glory to God. And I praise the Lord. And when the Holy Ghost was finished praising and magnifying the Lord, I went back to my reading. Ten minutes into my reading, the devil says, how do you know she's alive? She could have died. So I said, so now really? Like, however long she was moaning and groaning before I came on the floor. And I listened to her moaning and groaning one all day and one all night. And the second that I pray, she's going to die. That doesn't make any sense. I said, why do you love to talk? I don't really invite you to say anything. I said, look, she cannot die in the moment that I ask the Lord to heal her. And so the baby cried again. And I said, see? Now leave the hospital. I commanded to leave the entire hospital, leave the neighborhood, go back to hell, stop tormenting the children in the hospital, and you, 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 you just come to mess up everything. You have no respect for anybody, not even the little babies who have never bothered you. I said, leave this hospital and go back to hell. And so I never heard the baby, uh, the baby cry again for, for that night. And the next morning when we got up, I saw the listen, and I didn't hear the baby but I prayed again for the baby. And immediately that I prayed for the baby, and I said, God, you know, um, I, I believe that baby is just going to be fine. She's going to live a long life, and she's going to minister for you. Um, Jalan jumped up. Jalan got up and said, Nana, I am healed. <laughs> I can't go home now. I want, I want to go home. I said, what do you mean by that? He says, I can't walk. I don't have any pain. So I said, are you certain? He said, yes, yes, let me show you. So he jumped on off, out of his bed, and he was walking. And that's why he couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. And that's why they, they took him. He had lost his ability to walk. And so he, he jumped on out of the bed, and he walked so that he could walk. And I said, oh, okay, all right, yeah, you are walking. So he walked over to the button and, and, and buzzed the doctor, you know, buzzed the nurse, and they answered and said, maybe help me. He says, yes, I'm here. I can go home. I can walk. I need to take off the intravenous and like that. So they came rushing into the room and said, you can walk? And he said, yes, I can walk. So they, they wanted to see, so he showed them that he could walk, and they started to make um, plans to release us. Now, they took a long, long time to release us, release us from the hospital. I had to go like a couple of times for a bunch of guys releasing us because I know that because they don't know by what means the one is walking, they were just delaying it to see if he was really okay. So after, after all that, it took us a long while. I had to ask them twice, please release us. I need to go home. Please release us. So they finally released us and we came home. But before, when they were, before I left the hospital, the Lord, um, it came to, I, it's kind of strange for me to say this because these things don't, ha- don't, don't, don't normally happen to me. 
Um, so my language, my language is choppy because uh, this, this is just new explaining all this to, to me. It's new to me. It's not new to Prophet Bob, but it's new to me. Um, it came to me that um, the reason why Jalan had gone to the hospital it wasn't really for Jalan at that time. I know he had a transfusion, but I guess the Lord just had to do something real and do something to to bring me there to the hospital. And so when I was packing up the stuff and I, I said, I hope the baby's okay. And the baby made another little sound again for me to know that she's fine, she's doing well. And I said, and I said to the Lord, I think I got what you're trying to say to me. I think you need a ministry in this hospital. And I think you need me to do something to do with it. Because really, really God, right? You brought John. Um, you brought John here for that, and the Lord and the Lord spoke once and says, "I don't have to bring John here um, for healing, but I need to bring you here for my work." And so I took a vow, and I'm just going to ask everyone on the line to just to just pray for me. I took a vow to the Lord. I said, okay, I agree with you. You shouldn't have to bring Jalan here for me to come here if you need me to come here to do something. You should be able to give me a call, and, and, and I could answer it without, without you having to bring Jalan here because we pray for Jalan. I, I believe and I know Jalan is healed, so that's why I wasn't even worried when they said they would, he had to go to the hospital. I just told his mom, I said, go ahead and take him to the hospital, and, and I'll catch up with you guys later. So I I said to the Lord, okay. I said, okay. I don't know where I'm going to find the time. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how it's going to work. But I am, I am consenting that I will make myself available for you to bring me in the hospital um, and raise up a ministry in, in this hospital for children. Now, this is about the third time or the fourth time the Lord has come to me with my ministry in the hospital. I do have um, past experience in, in the sixth children's hospital, and um, once the Lord had me go and raise a baby who was born dead. And, and, you know, every time it happened like that, I became aware that I was in the hospital doing ministry. I kind of say to the Lord, um, Yes, I could come here and, 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 and work for you and represent you, but it just doesn't happen because of my time. And so last week, uh, Wednesday, I said it again to the Lord in the hospital. And, and this time, I am, I am so, so conscious and so, so weird that I have said that to the Lord. So I'm just going to um, ask everyone on the prayer line, and I'm just going to put the responsibility on everyone who comes to this prayer line that you'll, you'll pray for me and, um, and help me along to carve out the time. Um, time I don't have. I really don't have time. But do whatever is necessary to, to, to create and carve out um, an allotted time that I can go to the, to the hospital and, um, and minister for the Lord. And as soon as I get that going, I will, I'm certain if you pray and I pray, the Lord will make it happen. We did a great need in, in Sick Kids Hospital for, for proper ministry. There's all sorts of social, social provisions there, but not, 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 not ministry, not spiritual, not ministry, just, just other sort of organizations do a lot of stuff, but not the church. So I'm asking you all to, um, to help me pray.
praying that, um, yes, I will answer to what I say to the Lord, and you won't have to take John to the hospital just to get me there to have me to have me pray for somebody, a minister, minister for somebody um, in Jesus' name. I listen to um, Prophet Bob's testimony all the time, and I, I became aware that um, Prophet Bob's ministry revolves around food, like giving food. <laughs> and I, and in, in the Bible, we see where Jesus did a lot of ministry, involving food, like feeding or sharing food or having a meal with somebody. And and listening to Prophet Bob's ministry, I became aware that Prophet Bob's ministry revolves around food. And so I realized that Prophet Bob's ministry not only ministers to to the soul, but it also ministers to the physical man. So Prophet Bob, I'm going to ask you to mentor me because you seem to have found your... Your 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 footing and your place, and in being where God wants it to be, or where God can 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 use you to do what He has to do. So I'm open to your counsel and your and your mentorship as to how and and my ministry. I know it revolves around medicine, medicinal. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I don't even like hospitals, and I don't like to see sick people, and I don't like to hear people. I don't know what God is. <laughs> I don't understand God sometimes. Sometimes I don't understand God. I'm not going to question what God does. I'm just going to say, um, for the children who are sick in the hospital, and the Lord might need somebody to be there, and I'm willing to go. And you know, having said that, though, I know I'm going to have to really um, find a way how to get it done. And I know I know the Lord will read, but I need to hear and I need to follow and I need to to answer outside of an emergency concerning the Lord or anybody in my family. So probably Bob at some point in time you let me know when I'll listen to you. You you tell me you tell me anything you want to tell me and I will see how best I can I can carve out I'd be honored, Elder June. What you can do, get a hold of Pastor Marine, and I give her permission to give you my phone number, and I'll be glad to help you out in the areas that God has so graciously uh, blessed this prophet with, okay? Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. I know there was help for the accent. So for tonight's lesson, so I so I give God thanks for the little girl. I I am assured that she is fine, she is well, she'll live, and she's gonna be good. And I I bless the Lord that God um God is able to do such awesome 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 work. Um, I'm just coming from um what I call my watering hole. I'm trying to get my spirit in context with what I have to teach tonight. I'm just coming from what I call my watering hole once a year, annually on this day, Labor Day, I, I go to this ministry where um, they spend the day in teaching and worshiping the Lord. And um, I, I go there. Nobody really knows me there. They know of me, but they don't really know me. So I get to sit quietly and be taught and be fed. And um, I'm just coming, I just left there um, to come here. Um, they were, they were um, working miracles. The ministers there, they were 
opening deaf ears and causing the dumb to speak and opening wounds for people who were barren and they were doing um after a day of of teaching um they were um closing out the convocation with um miracles and and healing and um it was just wonderful to see um the Lord the Lord in operation in such a great way. So I know that God is still on the throne and God is still working through us. God is still working still working miracles if we will make ourselves available and if we will be very sober and very conscious of who we are and, and, and where we are at. And if we would um communicate with God and find out exactly what it is you want to get done in any in any setting. And uh, I'm certain the Lord will speak to us. The Bible said the fields are right unto our vessel, but the laborers are are few. And so um I just came back from my my annual feast <laughs> of being fed in a unique in a u- unique way. And, and and nobody calls on me to do anything because they don't know me in that kind of way. And um, I just must feel that he has provided a place like that where I can go and and um, put the load down to take the weight off and just just sit in and, and be ministered to. So I worship the Lord and I bless him for being such a wonderful God, such a great God, such a good God. He is such a good God. God is good. Hallelujah. God is good, and I just bless him, and I just worship him. Hallelujah. And give him all praise and all glory that he He found agency in us, and um, he allowed us to partner with him. Hallelujah. And I'm just, I'm just humbled that um, the Lord was able to take me from all my mess and from all my nonsense and even put me in a place where I can sit in church all day and and, and be taught and 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 just feel like I'm in a very wonderful place. No no boredom, no stress. I I'm, I just because some people can't stay in the presence of the Lord for long. But I'm so glad I can I can I can stay in the presence of the Lord and and enjoy it and feel sorry when I have to leave. Um because it's such a wonderful thing. And even at the place where I can hear God's um God's voice, um one of the ministers says today some folks know where you're coming from and and know where you're at. They wouldn't even speak to you even though you're in the church now. And that is so true. I could say amen to that, but I bless the Lord and I give God thanks. It is all God and I give him all the glory. And um even when I I um minister on the line and I hear what the folks said, I just said, God, you know all that belongs to you like none of it, none of it, none of it. Take no credit. I, I know it's my voice, hallelujah, glory to God, but God gets all the credit. It's just God talking through my voice, hallelujah. And I, I just bless him that he was able to find me and and he's doing what he's doing with me and I, I'm just gonna make certain that when all this is over 
and my and my my life on earth has come to an end, then I will get the benefit of being in the place like where I was today, or being what happened, experiencing what happened in the hospital, uh, all the other things that happened in my life um, from being on this line. I just want to make certain. I just want to make certain that when my life on earth is ended, Hallelujah, glory to God, then I will awake in the kingdom of God for all eternity. And I, 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 I have the same request and the same desire and the same prayer for everyone who's on this line or whoever ministers on this line or who manages this line or who upholds this line, this, this ministry. I just bless the Lord for his ministers and his sons and his servants in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, for tonight's lesson, last week, we were um, talking about us being um, spirit, as God is. And so, um, and so, um, we are, we, I, I told you before that the Lord has just taken over this, this teaching of monotheism and his teaching about himself all by himself because this is not how I teach monotheism. I just give you some information from the Bible and some text and, and, and some interpretation. But the Lord has taken it over and is really making it re- very relevant, um, relevant to our to our lives uh, where we can actually see him in us. And I just bless the Lord for doing that. I, I wouldn't have thought how to do that. When I went to school and I learned this, this was how they taught it. And when I taught this, before this wasn't how I taught it. But I, I just let the Lord, the Holy Ghost is a great teacher. And so um, it might seem at first, um, and according to our English grammar uh, and vocabulary, that um, characteristics and nature is one and the same thing. And um, But here God is making... A, dis, a distinction between the two. And so um, because nature pertains to the natural or innate um, behavioral patterns of a species um, or a thing, hallelujah, then we see in the scriptures where God has formed himself a family or a tribe or a nation with um, with the saints of God, the sons of God, um, those men and women whom he called and justified and sanctified and is revealing himself um, to and um, inspiring faith and belief in 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 those in those minds and hearts and spirit and soul and um as as those souls grow in God and grow in the knowledge of God and Christ then um the manifestations hallelujah of the nature of God, the divine nature of God comes out in those um souls who were born as and were once recognized as mere mortals, as human beings. Hallelujah, glory to God. Um, But now in God's um, nation, being a citizen in God's nation, a 
member of God's nation, a citizen in his kingdom. Hallelujah, glory to God. We can see we're um, the nature, the nature of human beings, the nature of people who previously were lost um, in darkness, um, sinners. Um, the, 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 the nature is has changed or is changing. They're transforming, and so what? What they, what they used to do naturally, the apostles as brute beast, uh, and that's exactly what we were. We were wretched. We were brute beasts. We were messed up and polluted in our own blood, and in that in that frame of mind and in that state, we had we had a certain nature, and we did stuff. Hallelujah, glory to God. According to that depraved nature, but once we once we come into Christ and we come into God, then we find that God is able to change our nature. And now, according to Peter, uh, we are partakers of his divine nature. And so we can think like God. We can talk like God. We can act like God. And um, as such, in, in such a state and in such a position, I realize it, it's always a growing state. And I just told her that I am in a growth state right now. It's always a growing state because God is, 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 is sharp and he's quick and he's powerful. God is not stagnant or stagnated. God is always um, in action. Um, God is God is always active. God is always active, and, and and so if 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 we become um a part a member of the nation of God, if we become of God's nature, then we too will always be active. I I find um so some of my guys so don't we sleep? But I find even when we're sleeping as sons of God, we are still um we're still active. In the, in the realm of the spirit, because in the realm of the spirit, we don't sleep. There's no, we don't sleep in the realm of the spirit. We sleep is to to the natural. Um, sleep is to the physical man. And so yes, we do sleep in the physical. We have to sleep in the physical. As a matter of fact, if we don't sleep in the physical, um, it would mean death. To not sleep in the physical will cause sickness and, and, and eventual death. It, it's a, it's a it's a um, disease state that is called insomnia. So, so we do have to sleep in the natural, in the physical. We have to sleep, and we have to rest our physical body. Um, but in the spirit realm, um, no, we, we don't sleep in the realm of the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, you always have to be active, and, and you have to be sober and aware and alert because our enemies still have access. Um, access to us in the realm of the spirit. Um, the Bible says we still have access to God even because the Bible says he's always accusing us. Um, he's accusing, he accuses us to God. He tries to convince God that we're not worthy and that we're not faithful and, and um, he is better than we are. And so he's always making sure that if he doesn't know that God sees and knows everything, he can make sure that he, he notifies God when we're doing what we're not supposed to be doing. Uh, if we're found where we're not supposed to be found. And, and I'm so glad that Jesus Christ is our mediator and our propitiation for our sin. So the enemy can never ever convince God to do anything 
um, to us from his anger, from the devil's anger, because God is our father and he knows how to take care of his, take care of his own. So we are privileged. Um, I don't know, somebody might think it's a blaspheme to say we are worthy, but we are so not going to say we're worthy to offend anybody. Um, but Christ has made us worthy, but I'm not going to say worthy. Um, because coming from the service, I'm just coming from my... <laughs> I see how unworthy we are, to be real truthful. But we are privileged. We are privileged. Hallelujah. Glory to God to be um, partakers of this ministry with Jesus Christ. We, we, it's such a great privilege to to walk with God and, and, and talk with God and, and and to participate in God's ministry. And so um, we are fully conscious that as spirit, as spirit, we are always, always, always awake, and we're always sober, and we're always alert, and and God can find us um, any any time at all He wants to find us to do what He to do what He wants to do with us, and and so we embrace we embrace um, life in the spirit. We embrace that. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ has chosen to cover us over with himself and um, and has allowed us to enter into his realm, into his spirit. And, and, and according to St. John 17, um, to, to be made one, to be made one with him uh, and, and the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we practice the presence of God. It is our responsibility to do that. God has done his part. The Father, the Son, Jesus Christ has done his part. The Holy Ghost is doing his part. And, and we have to do our part with the Holy Ghost. We at least have to desire God and we have to will ourselves to believe. Um, maybe with some folks believing in the supernatural, believing in the Spirit of God, and um, it becomes easy. It's not easy for me. I was a very carnal person. I was a very natural person. I, I I had to see stuff with my eyes and handle it with my hands and slide down and dissect it and turn it around and around and around before I could believe it. So it's not natural to me. I, I never subscribe to spiritual stuff. I, I always stay away from the realm of the spirit. I'm, I'm a, I was a natural person. So it was a little bit, the, the Lord had to do some extra work with me um, to get me. That's why even when I was in the hospital last week, I said, I had to stop from it and say, okay, don't get your belief system in place. And, um, and, 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 let's, and let's do this. Um, I, I fully believe and I'm fully convinced that God is real and God is who he is. If it's going to cost me my life, um, if I don't deny God, then I, I would end up dead because I cannot. I cannot deny God. I'm absolutely certain that God is real. I'm not struggling to, to believe if God is real. I've never struggled to believe if God is real. I always knew that God was real, even since I was a very, very young child. That's not, that's not where my belief problem comes in. My belief problem comes in with working with God. Um, not, not to believe if he exists. I'm absolutely, I have always been absolutely certain that God existed. God proved himself his existence to me from when I was a very young child, and I was fully aware that, that God exists, and fully aware that I can call on God, and, and he would help, because um, I was born in a very dangerous place and lived in a very dangerous place.
dangerous place, dangerous by the, 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 the type of people who lived around me and dangerous by the, the activity of the natural elements, um, the natural elements around me where I live would just flood with us cars or reason and, 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 and the Lord would just have to show up and miraculously save folks. So I have no problem believing that God is God exists, God is real. He proved himself all my life growing up. But when it comes to me personally um, receiving something from God or, or, or personally getting into a position to ask God, um, that's where I, I usually back up. Um, uh, and, and before I go forward, <laughs> and it is it is getting much easier for me to go before God and ask Him for something. But once that was my handicap, it was very very difficult. I can always ask God for something for somebody else, but it was very difficult for me to ask God for something for me, um, for me personally. So I'm getting over that. I'm getting better. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting better at that. Seeing that the Lord has put me in a position that I have to be dependent on Him, I have to ask. I have to ask God to do certain things because the things that I have to deal with um, are more than my natural abilities. So having faced with things that's beyond my natural ability, then I have to believe. I have to believe God, and I have to ask. And so when I'm asking God something, God, I ask God in in very baby in in very baby language. I ask God good night. I ask God I'm on the line. I ask God in, in, in baby language, my, my language is asking God for something personal or something direct or something deliberate is still very juvenile. Um, glory to God. For me, for me, for somebody else, no. For somebody else, I can jump in there, leave a foot and set the captive free and deliver whoever I need to deliver. But um, when it comes to me, it's a different story. And I, I see where I'm telling the Lord to lead me now. Um, I need to, I need to become more stalwart in asking, asking God for personal, 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 personal things. Hallelujah. And that's what Prophet Bob is going to help me with. And that's um, when I emerge again from this um, train that I'm in with the Lord, then hell is going to have a bigger problem, bigger problem on its hands. So we're looking at us in, uh, we looked at us as, as, as spirits, and we looked at us before as the anointed, and getting, I'm getting the direct, um, I'm getting the direct inspiration that, as such, I am I am a limitless being. I am a limitless being. I can do whatever it is that God wants me to do. I'm going to God. And so, when we're talking about doing what God wants you to do, the next the next element that we have to be aware of. Or the next um, element of our nature that we have to be aware of and know all the time, be conscious of all, all times, at all times, is love, glory to God. And so the Bible says God is love. 
And now I'm gonna, if I'm moving away from the anointing, from being the anointed and being spirit, and I'm going into love, then the conversation or the discussion, the instructions become more tedious because these are the elements of the nature that as a son of God, as a person, as a man, you have to consent to. You have to consent to, and consenting to it is going to cost you something. It's going to cost me something. It's going to cost you something. So at this point, sons of God, Christians, saints, they don't mind being anointed, and they don't even mind being spirit. They get really excited to think that God has, God has covered us with his own self and that we are in him. And if we just get to understand that, then we can function from, from that position, being in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We can function from that position, and it's, it's a very victorious position. Um, not really making any great demand upon us, because that's the work of Christ. Christ will just take us and put us in that place, put us in him, put, us, put his spirit upon us. Um, but when it comes to love, and um, because love has to be exercised in action, love is not something that you talk. Um, love is something that you have to exercise in action to other persons. Hallelujah. When it comes to being anointed or comes to being a spirit, um, your ministration or your ministry is before the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But when it comes to love, hallelujah, um, that ministration is to other human beings. Um, that's where we manifest that. That's where we demonstrate that in in any real way. And so even God, that's where God demonstrates that to, to us. Um, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten from the world. It is to the world that we have to demonstrate um, love, the love of Christ. Um, the Bible says if we love, if we love somebody who is good to us, um, if we love somebody who loves us, if we, if we do good to somebody who do good to us, uh, there's no great reward there because you're in that, you're in the same setting doing the same thing. We're just, our, our, we're not any better than the Pharisees. And you know what Jesus thinks about the Pharisees, they're right where they're because um, if we can love our enemies, though, and if we can do good to people who don't like us, um, that's, that's where it is now um, accounted that we're actually operating by the love of Christ or the love of God, or that we ourselves, is love. Not only are we operating by the love of God, but as God is love, so are we. Okay? I'm going to read one passage of scripture and then I'm going to read it. I'm going to read, where am I reading? I'm going to read Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and then I'm going to read First John chapter 4. Okay? Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, he's talking to his disciples, all power is given unto me in heaven 
and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, um, look, behold, um, be certain that I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So here um, Jesus is saying that now that you're a part of my nation, it is now your responsibility to go and teach all the other nations. So Oh, we are um, in the nation of God to draw the other nations into this one nation. And, 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 the, and the Bible says the whole earth uh, are the heart of the Lord. And the way how all the other nations um, are going to be taught by God's nation. Divine. Um, Elder June. Elder June. Yeah, your line is um, breaking up. Let's give it a um, give it a couple of seconds to um, see if it will come back. Can you try again? Hello, June. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Maybe she can move her phone and we can hear her better. <laughs> hey, the line is still connected. Elder Jill? See if you can move your phone, Elder June, to another area. Mm. Is this on an internet phone? Um, no, that's a house phone. That's a house phone. Is it voice over internet? Oh, I don't know. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Sound like his voice over IP and his buffering. Probably. Okay, Bob. Okay, we yeah. can hear you now, Elder June. We can hear you now. Oh boy. In and out. Okay, Elder June. Is there anybody else? On a computer, besides you on the phone, if they can maybe turn their, if there's any other devices, if they can turn one or two of those off, that might help.
Jesus. Praise Lord. She's still connected. Still connected? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, while Elder June is getting her, uh getting connected, um I'm gonna put this on real quick while we wait, okay? find out if she has she needs another phone I have an extra phone here maybe I can give it to her it's brand new it's the uh, IP connection that's what it sounds like oh okay because mine used to do that that's the reason why I'm on my cell phone now okay Is she on Facebook, Pastor? Mm-hmm. Right now? Oh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. If she's on Facebook, she might. Um, and she normally doesn't do that. When she's um, when she's teaching, she, she doesn't go on Facebook. But I can check. Okay. Because if so, maybe she can hang up and then call back in. Right. Maybe that'll be a lot better for her. <laughs> no, she's not, um, she's not live on Facebook. Okay. I have here, but now I guess I shut it down. I shut down the computer, so I'm just gonna have to use book <laughs> written material. So I'm gonna read. Um, I was saying that God created Himself a nation, and so through this one nation, He 
manifest or demonstrate all is the characteristics of his nature and uh, and to, to save all the other nations. So in the end, we will all be saved one way. And we will all be members of the same family or the same nation. So there will just be one nation. I think in, uh, in America, Constitution, um, it says we're one nation under God. And, and that's where that idea came from, that no matter what, what um, nationality you are before or tribe of man, um, you, you, you can come into oneness with God. Uh, America was built up on very good principles. Um, we're not really following those original, original principles anymore, so we see all sorts of stuff coming out of the government. But in the beginning, the, the fathers of the nation of, of the United States, they were right in the word of God. They were scriptural. And the nation was built upon um, biblical, um, divine Christian principles. Now we have all kind of other principles, but it was a Christian nation from this from the scripture. So if you if you read the Constitution, you will see um, it's permeating the scriptures all over the place. And and so they had it right. They had it right in the beginning. Um, no matter what nation you were born into. You, you, you have access to come into the nation of God. And so the, the, the Bible says in the text I just read, Matthew chapter 18, is that now the nation of God um, have the responsibility to spread out all over the world and, and teach all the other nations and making, making disciples of them, bringing them to be members of the kingdom of God or in the nation of God. Now, the only way, the only way that is possible to, between you and I or the sons of God or the saints of God is through love. The only way that is possible is through love. It's not through the anointing. It's not through being a spirit. It's through love. Now, I'm going to use Jonah um, just to prove this point. Jonah was a prophet of God. Yes. Jonah was quite able to hear the voice of God clearly um, and understood exactly what God was saying. But when Jonah was given the instruction to go to Nineveh, he refused to go because Jonah had no love for that nation of people. So it wasn't for lack of the presence of God with Jonah. It wasn't for lack of being able to hear the voice of God. It wasn't for lack of having a direct relationship where Jonah and God communicated. It was not for lack of being able to talk to God. Um, All of that stuff was in place uh, with Jonah, but Jonah had no love for the nation um, of Nineveh, and so Jonah wanted God to kill them all, and God, I, I'm watching God with Jonah, God is saying to Jonah, how could you want me to kill all these people like that, mm-hmm. so because you don't love them, now, do you, you realize how many children are there, they don't even know their right hand from their left hand, so because you don't like them, you want me to kill all of them, so you, so you see, saints of God, being anointed, being spirit, 
you're still here on the earth in this body, in this body, you still have to put yourself in the position to grow in the love of God. Yeah. That's not that's not automatic. Um, God saving me and putting me in him is automatic. But once I'm in that position, now it becomes my responsibility as I grow to decide that I really want to be like God. Now, I know some people stop by the way. I know some people just never mind turning back like how Jonah did. They're just going to sit down and they won't go any further. They won't grow. They, and and you know what? And, and sometimes some people back up and back out. And sometimes we act like we don't understand how that could happen. But I understand how that could happen. I understand how somebody could back up from God and, and back out. With, with, with all what God um, is offering us for all eternity. I, I understand being... Because I tell you, I was a very out person, a fleshy person, natural person. I understand how being on the earth could cause somebody to to justify their position. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I give God thanks that I also understand that no self-justification will stand before God. And so you're going to have to ask, ask the Lord. You're going to have to ask the Lord if you... Once the Lord makes you conscious of the part of your nature that, that is not like him and, and show you the part of his nature that you now need to develop, um, you're going to have to accept that. And you're going to have to ask God to make you a gold, put you in a place. Put you under, make, make me a gold and put me under it and don't, don't take me out until I I learn how to to love like how you love. Or you're gonna have to ask God if 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 it's a goal that you need because some of us go don't work for all of us. All of us don't have the same problem. We have the same issue but not the same problem, not the same limitation like Jonah. So for some of us he has to put you like in the fiery furnace. And some of us he has to put you in a lion's den and some of us he has to put us in a pit. But wherever mm-hmm. God needs to put us in order for us to consent, um, then God can put us there. And so we need to be, we need to desire God enough to say to him, honestly, God, I have a problem loving the way how you love. I, I have to admit, I don't love anybody. And sometimes I even wonder if I love my own self. And you said I must love my neighbor uh, as I love myself, and I must love my enemy, and I must love my friend, and I must love the brethren. And you know what, God? That is just too much demand on me. I, I don't even, I don't like people, and you're telling me to love all these people. People are miserable, people are mean, um, people are ungrateful, and I would rather just go off and be a hermit rather than to just deal with people. You have, if, if that's you, you have to be honest that you, you cannot keep on going to church, grinning and pretending like you're really, like you're really there when you're yeah, not there. You can't, you can't be pretending like you love the people you don't love anybody. That's right. You know, you're in front of their face, you can grin and you put on the face that make it look like, and you might even give people gifts, but you don't love anybody. 
And you, God knows, God knows if you love anybody or not. And apart from God, you know. Yes. And um, I don't even want to know. <laughs> because I'm working out my own issues. But listen, you have to admit to yourself the, 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 the qualities and the, the characters of, of God, the characteristics of God that you have not yet acquired, you need to ask the Lord to put you in the place where he, God, knows you will learn these lessons. You will, you will deny yourself. You will drop off the stuff that you need to drop off, and you will allow the Lord to put on you what he needs to put on you. You need to consent to God to put you on the potter's wheel. Because I'm going to propose to you that there are certain things that God will do for you outside of your consent, and there are certain things he cannot do for you outside of your consent. But he will put you in the place where you can clearly see yourself and mm-hmm. consent uh, or ask. And unfortunately, I know some of us, rather than ask, we would back out. I've heard people say with their mouth, I would rather go to hell rather than forgive so-and-so. I said, no, no, I'm not having that conversation. I'm not speaking to you right now. I'm not having that conversation with you. I'm not talking to anybody who would rather go to hell. So you're a Christian. You're a child of God. And if you're going to say you'd rather go to hell than to ask forgiveness, or I'd rather go to hell than go back to that person's house again, I'd rather go to hell than worship. And I've had people say stuff like, you know, when so-and-so is ministering, uh, I walk out because I don't want to hear that person minister to me. And I said, so whatever happened, you need to go get No, I don't want to go get it right. I'm not talking to him. And, and these are folks who will otherwise speak in tongues, run mm-hmm. around the church, prophesy to people, lay hands on people. So I don't have no problem seeing that uh, they can operate or manifest in the spirit and that they're really um, numbered among the anointed. But they have not yet found how to exercise the love of God. And I'm saying outside of love, then you're none of his. And, and, and so somebody says, so could I lay hands on somebody and still go to hell? Yes, you can. Can I be anointed? And Yes, you can still be anointed. And Didn't you read that the devil was anointed? Lucifer was anointed. Uh, and where is he now? Who is he now? Who is Lucifer? He's still anointed. Yeah. So being anointed it just simply means that God has poured out Amen. his spirit upon you so that you are equipped to do a certain ministration on the earth. Being anointed doesn't necessarily mean it's taking you to heaven. Now, if I was a teacher with the intent to teach you how to manifest God on the earth, that's where my, my teaching would stop. But that's not my assignment on earth. That's not my assignment in the church. My assignment in the church is to get you to heaven. And so that is why I will go beyond the manifestations of Christ. And now I'm going to check for your soul and see what are you lying with. Because it doesn't make any sense you preaching others. And yourself is a uh, castaway. 
So Paul says, listen to this very harsh, harsh piece of scripture in, in, in the Bible. And the Bible can get so harsh at times. It's just, just unbelievable how harsh the Bible can get. It says, um, though I give my, my body to be burned. you imagine that? I said, what's that, God? Say, though I give my body to be burnt, if I have not, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say love in this instance because I'm, I'm using love as opposed to charity, and and I'll I'll just talk about charity for a little bit. It says, um, it's, I'm in First Corinthians chapter three, chapter thirteen, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse three, the, the love the love chapter. It says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. That means I give everything I have to feed poor people. Um, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit me nothing. And when I first read this scripture, I said, God, are you just um, being philosophical here or, or is this reality? Is this real? Are there people who will give all their goods um, to charitable work and even they will sacrifice their life for a cause and and they don't have they don't have the love of God in them and, and the Lord said yes. And and that made me very sad. You know why it made me sad? Because I know that God is talking about the saints. I know God's not this chapter is not about unsafe people. It's about the children of God. It's about saints. So I'm saying if I'm gonna go as far as to give all my goods to the poor and I'm going to go as far as to get my body to be burnt, why wouldn't I have charity? I said, God, what would cause me to do those things if I don't have charity? What, what's, what's going on here that I will give everything I have and I still don't have charity? And the, 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 um, the Lord says that's because of what charity is. Charity is not just a word. It is actually you, your own self, becoming love. And if you, your own self, become love, that means you're going to love everybody. And people don't want to do that because some people have to be their own defense and they have to be their own protector. They won't allow me to do that. They will not humble themselves to allow me to do that. They, they, they reserve, they reserve that right to keep themselves safe, to keep themselves protected. And so those folks who that's their mindset, they, they have to guard themselves. And some people go very, very far with this guarding business. They walk around with lime, lime in their car and tape measure and all kind of stuff. And I, what's this? I'm guarding myself. I, I went into this sister's car one day. And she had this lime in her car, and you know, just the lime needed to be thrown out. So I picked it up, and I was like, "This lime is not good. What are you doing with it?" And she go, "Put it out." <laughs> and she said, "It's so fun. I'm gonna, if I can jump, and I go, what? <laughs> and she go, "Put it down." I, I know it's there. I put it there, and um, I said, "But it's not good. You need to throw it out." She go, "Put it down." I said, "You weren't supposed to touch it." And so I put it down, and in my little naivety, because I didn't subscribe to spiritual things too much, um, I, I didn't understand none of that until somebody explained it to me. And I said, are you serious? <laughs> and they said, yes. So, you know, there are people who even although they're children of God, 
they still reserve the right to be their own protector. Now, if you're your own protector, you cannot love everybody. It's just impossible mm-hmm. for you to love everybody. Now, you, you cannot function how God functions in love if you're your own protector. You have to be selfless. And that's why, that's why, the, that's why Paul says now you, we have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Now, that's quite different from giving your body to be burnt. That's not what that is. Giving your body to be burnt, it means that you're in, I'm going to use a person. I'm going to use a person for this. I'm going to use Martin Luther King. I'm, I'm going to use Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was willing to die for the black man to be free. Mm-hmm. He was willing to, to give his life to end um, apartheid and, and bigotry and separatism and slavery in, in, in America. Many people were burnt at stake for that cause and for other causes in the world. Today we have people who are suicide bombers. Mm-hmm. They will give their life for whatever cause it is that they're fighting for. But it doesn't mean that those people have given their life fully to God. So there's still, there's still the or, um, orchestration of their own, their own life. Now, if God is love, if you give your body as a living sacrifice to God, um, holy, God is the orchestrator of your life. And so God will be able to send you anywhere he wants to send you and do whatsoever it is that he wants to do with you or allow to happen to you. Now, if if you are martyred for the cause of Christ, like Stephen was, like Stephen was, um, um, this passage of scripture, this element in the text gets, that has so many facets to it, and it gets, it gets difficult, so I'm going to explain it all to you. If you allow yourself to be martyred, if you're martyred like how Stephen was martyred, that's not what the scripture means by giving your body to be burnt. Stephen did not give his body to be burnt. He was simply martyred for his belief. A person giving their body to be burnt means that they consented that they would die for this cause. And so in the group, in, in whatever, whatever the cause of the group is, that would be the person who, if somebody has to die for this, you will be the one to die for this. Mm-hmm. All right? So in gangs, street gangs on the street, one of those persons in the gang is the person who is assigned that if somebody has to die, if somebody has to go to jail, that's you. And so no, no matter what happened, no matter who does what in the group, the one who is assigned to take the rap, as they call it, that's the one who will, who will surrender to the police or go to the police. So it's, it is not for the cause of Christ. It is for their own cause. There are people who can give their life for causes that have nothing to do with God. If you, if you give your life 100%, holy to God, um, you can still die. If it becomes a criminal offense to be a Christian, 
it can still be executed. There are people in the world who are being executed for being Christians, but because of the love that they have for God, then they don't resist. They don't resist God. They might resist the, 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 um, the government, but they don't resist God. And if God is going to allow you to die for his name, you will die for his name. But you don't set yourself up to die. You don't set yourself up to die for anything because we're here to live. But the people who will give their body to be burnt, they set themselves up to die for a certain cause. And so people can do that and still haven't given themselves over over to the Lord. So the first thing you need to do is to consent, is to search yourself and see. Um, and if you're going to give yourself for a cause and not yet give yourself to God, it means that that cause is your idol. That cause is your God. And, 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 and so that cause is more prominent. You're more prominent in a relationship with that cause than you are with God. God is not first in your life. It's that cause that is first. That is first in your life. If I had time, I would tell you a little story about myself, why I'm so conscious of, of the distinction in um, the love of God, loving God, and, 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 and not running away from whatever it might cost you because you, you represent the love of God on the earth and, and, and what it means to, to believe in a cause so much that you will die for that cause. You will die for that cause outside of Christ. You might not die for Christ, but you will die for that cause. That cause has become your God, and, and, and so you will give your life for that cause. So you, you will die and not be saved. You will die for a good cause and still not be saved. But if the, if, if the love of God is in you and you're operating by the love of God, or if you, if you have become love um, as God is love, and you die because of that, then you're in heaven. It seems so very similar. The two positions seem so very similar. It seems so very close, but they are worlds and worlds and worlds um, worlds apart. They're, they have they have nothing in common. Although they look they look on the surface, they look like they're one and the same, um, but they're not. So therefore. To die for Christ and to die for your own cause are two completely different things. Um, they don't equate in any way, um, shape, or form. So just make certain that as a child of God, you are able to look into yourself and um, see where you're at as far as love is concerned. And make certain that if you're not functioning by the love of God, you simply honestly confess that to God. That's something that you confess to God. And says, I recognize that I am not functioning by your love. I do not love like how you love. And I know that the, the, the Lord sent us out into all the world, and go into all the world and preach and teach and make disciples of men, that's, that's a dangerous assignment. And um, in going to all the world, you are definitely going to meet somebody at some point in time that will give you the full opportunity to prove if you love the cause of going into the world or you love God. Yes. And so you cannot set yourself up as a, as a martyr. 
You might you might be in love with the cause of going to all the world. Like you might be in love with the cause of going to Africa or go to China or going to Haiti. Um and there Haiti is ruled by voodooism and you might get excited by the cause of going into Haiti and, and refuting voodooism. It's a cause that you're in love with. You, you you want to say you're the type of person who can go into any country and 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 um and resist the powers of darkness that there be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are exercising the love of God. It means that you have seen that as something to live for, and so you will find. A avenue, you will find a, a umbrella to do these things under. It doesn't mean that God has called you to it. And and so ministry can get very ministry can get very tricky. And so you as an individual, you just have to be certain. You just have to be certain that wherever you go in the name of Christ, it is Christ that is sending you, and you're going for the love of God. If you have any other um, purpose, then you're 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 misplacing your purpose. I I testify earlier that I confess to the Lord that I will find a way to go in the hospital, sick servants hospital where he's always asking me to go and, and represent him. I could be in love with the cause of going in the hospital and praying for these babies and seeing them come back to life or seeing them healthy. And it might look like on the surface, like I'm doing that through the love of Christ, but it don't have to be through the love of Christ. It could be through the love of seeing the miracles. Remember when Jesus says to the, the folks who are following him, you're always following me. But I know it's not because you love me or you desire me. You, you, just, you just like to see the miracles and you love the fish and the bread. So we have to make certain that when we're following Christ, we're not just following for the natural fish and bread. We're not following just because we're excited to see miracles. We have to make certain that we're following him because we love him. Because sure enough, one of these days you're going to have to prove why you're following one of these days you're going to have to prove if you're 100% dedicated to God or if you're just exalted in your own glory. And to, to the natural eye, it won't be seen, it won't be known, it won't be known, but God knows and you know. Only two persons might know, you and God. And so you have to self-examine a lot and Make certain that it is the love of God that constrains you. When we're going into all the world and preaching the gospel, and if we're not going physically, we are putting our money to organizations that's going, we have to make certain that it is the love of Christ. It is the love of God that's propelling us and um, and not our own motive. We don't have no ulterior motive. The only reason I'm doing this is because God set me to do it. I would not be doing this if God didn't set me to do it. Um, and so when when God manifests, it's very easy to say, 
for God be all the glory. It's very easy when God manifests to say, I am an unprofitable servant. I only did what the Lord did through me. None of this have anything to do with me. Um, it's God. This is God doing what he does for for mankind, and he He decided to choose me to partner with him. And, 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 and that's how it is. So God gets all the glory. If if it's not for the love of God, God doesn't get any of the glory because I have to let it be known that see who I am, see what I can do, hear what I say, <laughs> because it is, I'm not doing it for the love of God. I'm doing it for self-recognition. I'm doing it to feel purposeful, um, and I'm doing it to get my own glory. Now, I, I took the old lesson to let you see that it is very after a certain time, walking with God and working with God, it can get very dangerous. Your old eternal life can be at stake. And so in Matthew chapter 7, um, I'm not going to read it tonight, in Matthew chapter 7, talking about um, the love, um, we see two set of folks. We see two set of folks. And also in Matthew 25, but I'm going to read Matthew 7. I'm thinking of the one in Matthew chapter 7. We see two set of folks where God in the end divided the people in the church. It's not the world of people. These are people in the church God is divided. And he put some on the left and some on the right. I was like, now why are you dividing the church people again? This is eternity. We were already divided from the world. And he said, watch. He put some on the left and some on the right. Next week, I'll pick up from here, and I'll read that text for you. And to the ones on the left, he says, depart from me. I never knew you. And they said, what do you mean you never knew us? Didn't you see us laying hands on the sick and they recovered? Didn't you see us preaching the gospel? Didn't you see us in um, in treacherous situations, um, risking our life? For the God? What do you mean by you never knew us? And God is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You were working in iniquity. And those are, I said, there's some very serious texts in the Bible that when I read them, they cause me to stop for a good while and tremble at them. And so, saints of God, please, please, please learn how to self-examine and make certain that the only motivation you have for anything you do in the kingdom of God is the love of God. No matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much of a spiritual you are, no matter how anointed you are, no matter, even if you are a virgin, you're not sinning, you're not messing around with the devil, you are a virgin, make certain that you're a wise virgin. Make certain, make certain that you have the love of God in you and the love of God is your motivation because in the end, that's the only thing that will last. Didn't you hear Paul say it? He says, um, Everything else will depart, even faith, even faith, only, only, only love, only love is eternal. And so if, if your motivation is not love, if you are not the love of God yourself, then you're not going to spend eternity with God. I can't make it any plainer than that. And 
it is my responsibility to make certain that you spend eternity with God. So I'm telling you a plain straight. I'm not mincing it. I'm not drifting it up. I'm not trying to make you feel good. You should feel good, but I'm not trying to make you feel good. My cause and my purpose is not to make you feel good. When I read the scriptures before I get them in my system, they don't make me feel good. So I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm trying to let you become sober and serious and know that even in the kingdom of God, you have a responsibility to make certain that your life is not in vain. You have a respons- responsibility to your soul to make certain that in eternity you spend it with God. So don't, don't, don't be childish. Don't be childish. Be childlike, but don't be childish. When you were a child, you thought like a child. As it says in in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, you thought like a child. You acted like a child. But in these last and closing days of our life, we're called to be men. Quit ourselves like men and be strong. And the love of God, it is not a hop, skip, and jump. We can say we love, but to actually live it is a completely different thing. It's not a hop, skip, and jump. It takes, uh, it takes, uh, it takes sacrifice. It takes just like how the love of God cost Jesus' life. It's the same thing. It takes sacrifice. But make certain if you're dying, you're dying because of the love of Christ. Don't let it be that you're dying because you were pretending to be a child of God. It, it takes a lot of diligence. It takes. Um, sacrifice. It takes putting away self 100% and then the love of God will be perfected in you. Let me read First John 4 verse 8 in closing. And um, I went out um, Prophet Bob I heard, your, I heard you in your thoughts. I was off the line. I went out a couple of weeks ago and got myself some brand new phones and they work well for two for two weeks, and I don't know why they're not working again. But okay. I did go and get myself some some brand new phones. I think I need to get rid of my phone company and get a different company entirely. Okay. So First John four verse eight says, "He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love." So there. Okay, saints of God. Make certain that um, we do know God and that the love of God is manifested in our heart. And that when we go walking down the street, it will be the love of God walking. Okay? God bless you. That's my lesson for tonight. Um, I'm going to say something to you to develop the love of God in our heart and to actually live by it. It not only takes a decision, it actually takes um, fasting and yeah. prayer to, to, to rid ourselves of the, whatever it was that we had in our heart before Christ became a part of our life. Um, it, it, those things don't go very easily. It takes a battle. It takes a wrestling to get rid of those things. But you have to get rid of the the hatred, the unforgiveness, the strife, the bitterness, the anger. Did I say unforgiveness? Unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. unforgiveness, unforgiveness. We have to get rid of that. 
all of those stuff because they're the one that's occupying the space where the love of God is supposed to be. And so if we still have those things in us, then we're not gendering the love of God. And we can pretend, we can justify, as I said, we can pretend that it's okay. And we go on with the other stuff, like laying hands on the sick and they recover, and like teaching. And, 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 it, and we look good. We look good and we sound good. But we know if we should stand before the mirror of the word or the mirror of the spirit of Christ, as it says in First Corinthians 3, verse 18, uh, we will not see the glory of God. We will not see the love of God. If we look into Jonah and say, yes, Jonah, I agree with you. Those wicked people should die. You know that you're not functioning by the love of Christ. That is not what Christ is saying. And so you're going to have to stop a long minute. And sometimes with bad habits, you know, we think we get rid of them, and then we check they're still there. Something, something happened again, and we still have the same old response. And like, oh, June, I thought you were able to love better than that. What's the matter with you? And then you have to go to God and say, God, okay, see where I'm at? I was measured. I'm found wanting, and I'm very serious. I, I, I do want you to let your love um, take root in me and, and, and grow up. And sometimes I meet some people who are very unlovable. And that's the love of God. And I'm not saying everybody is going to be lovable. There are, there are some people who are very unlovable. And no matter what you do, you will not break their little crazy spirit that they go by. They're unlovable. And you have to say to God, please love them through me. Let me feel for them what you feel. Because if you leave it up to me, I will not find how to love those people. And so God will God will temper your heart and, 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 and God will show you how God will manifest through you and show you how to love those people who are impossible to love. God will show you how to love those people who are impossible to love. And there's some people or impossible to love. That's why Paul says, as much as it lies in you, live peaceable with all men. And when you identify those people, then the more so you have to function in the love of Christ. You have to do exactly how Jesus did it. Um, when, when he met those people on the earth, you have to do it exactly how Jesus did. So God bless you as you examine yourself and... Um, you notice when you when when you when when you're teaching something like this, <laughs> there's no jumping up, <laughs> there's no yelling and screaming. It's all quietness because this is serious. This is serious business, and so that our soul could be in danger, although it doesn't appear so. So um, yes, this is when we get real quiet before the Lord and lay ourselves bare before the Lord and give the Lord full permission to cut away, um, even if I'm screaming and screaming, cut away. All the uh, all the debris and the sin and the dross, all these things that will prevent your your love from money from gendering life in me. Cut away, cut it away, and let your have, your love have preeminence in my heart. So God bless your saints of God as yourself examine and decide to be the love of God in Jesus' name. Um, Minister Burton. Yes, Amen. That's amen. my lesson for tonight. Amen. Father God, right now, why? Uh, before, we, before I speak, Father God, wash me your son's precious blood. Forgive me my sins, deeds, thoughts, and actions. Anything that's not of you, I do honestly repent. And I receive your forgiveness in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. 
Right now, Father God, I lift the bell to you, Malcolm, up to you, Father God. Everything she has poured out tonight, I ask you to pour back into it, Father God. And right now, Father God, this lesson of love, I ask you to seal it among our hearts. Tonight, let this be a correcting word, a teaching word, a delivering word for each and every one of us, Father God. But also, as we go into retrospect this week, Father God, let this produce more than it ever do because your love, your love is great. Your love, you are love, and let love show and flourish through us. Because Father God, right now, what right now, I'll be honest, what this world need is love, Father God. So we give you honor and we give you all the praise. And I pray this prayer in no other name but your Son's name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Elder June. Yes, ma'am, sir. Um, I want to ask you this question: Is your internet, uh, is your phone like voice over internet? Or voice over audio. Um, yes, my my phone, my home phone, is provided by the same company that provides my internet, and um, okay. yes, it's the same one company providing the internet and the and everything, everything in this house is by that same one company. Okay. That's what I said. I think what, I need to change that company. What it is, your because um, this is how I have the same thing. That's the reason why I don't have my uh, use my home phone. Uh, what it is that your Home phone is not first on your on your Wi-Fi. You have to make it first, so it can override any other device using your internet. Okay. And usually, when they set it up, they have your computer to override. Override. I had an IT guy. Oh, I see. I haven't figured out how to do it yet because I had an IT guy tell me. That was what's wrong with my phone. I just gave up, and the phone is somewhere in the house, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, and okay. if because I am on satellite internet, and it happens to me all the time because I'm on satellite internet. So okay. It, so you have to have it where. Um, if you have somebody, you can ask. You probably can call them. They can probably tell you you need to make it. You need to make it first where. If anything comes on your device, click it's the first one, and it has first priority on your internet. Oh, okay. Because because I find I find even when I shut down the computer, it's still, it's, it sometimes it will still give that problem. Right, even, because even if the computer is not running. Right, because it's buffering and it ha- and it has to take time to reset. Oh, okay. I think I'm just gonna use a different company for my telephone. From my internet, mm-hmm. and then and then probably just get a let it be a real landline because yeah, you're, you're right. I think I just figured out that um it's not really. I said it's a landline, but I think mm-hmm. it's just based based on the on the right. internet. But I find the the company that I'm with, they try to make me believe that's not how it was because sometimes they will shut down my telephone, but my internet is still working. So they'll say, see, you're in, you still have your internet, but it's just your telephone not working. But I, I believe what you said. I, that makes better sense than what they tell me. Yeah. Right, because I have the same problem because I am I'm in the country, but not in the country. I'm one one street over for the uh, AT&T okay. landline phone. Yeah. So I have to have my, uh, and I refuse to pay, I refuse to pay, a hundred bucks for a phone for one for a landline phone line. So yeah. I went uh I went internet and satellite and I think I should have yeah. went on went on with that. But 
that's what's going on with it. And if you're on, and they can monitor your bandwidth, because, like, with mine, it cuts off at a certain bandwidth. So the phone is somewhere in the house, and I need to cut my Vantage phone off. So that's $20 mm-hmm. you need to pay. But that's okay. what's going on. I can tell, I can hear it when your phone buffers out. I can hear yeah. it now just like mine. Oh, okay. Amen. Because it, Amen. it doesn't even make any sense that sometimes I can hear you, but you can't hear me. And sometimes you can hear me and I can't hear you. So I had spoken to them about it, and they said no. But I, I asked them what you just said, if, and they said no, because um, you when that's happening with your phone, your Internet is still good. My Internet is always good. Yeah, your Internet so, will um, yeah, so you're you're right. That's what I believe. What you said that um the internet takes precedence on the line because the internet is always good. Right. I mean, because I had an IT guy to tell me how to fix mine, and if I could remember, I would tell you. But like I said, I don't even remember because that's how um that's how mine. Because even now, if I'm on on if I'm on my computer and that phone, I'm fine. But if somehow an iPad or my um, books come on. It's gonna knock one or three out. Oh, okay. Usually it not. Usually it'll knock the phone off before it'll knock off the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amen. That makes sense. Um, yes, ma'am. Also, um, uh, once again, awesome word, Ella June. Awesome word. Uh, like I said, it's one of those. I'm probably interested. I'm probably. Re-inventorying as we speak, so I just thank you and I bless you for the word. Praise and God. Praise God. Uh, and I open the line up right now for oh. uh, comments, questions, um, and feedback. Uh, I have an important statement. This is um, Prophetess Gina. Uh, hi, Elder. How are you? Praise the Lord, Prophetess. Nice hearing you. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I wanted to tell you that just. Uh, this morning at five minutes, uh, this afternoon, at five minutes to 12, the Lord was talking to me about starting to love people because I'm very self-protective and, you know, I find myself, you know, I smile at people and I say hi to them and I act kind to them, but, you know, my heart I'm not always feeling love towards people. Actually, I get kind of, you know, irritated and upset with people. Mm. So, um, you know, he was telling me, he was really putting his foot down and telling me, now, you know, you need to take this seriously and you need to start loving people. And I mean it. And so, you know, he's been dealing with me on this last couple days, you know, and it's I find it very difficult to love people because people hurt people, you know. Yes. And yes. I have this they're getting away with the thing and and the Lord keeps telling me nobody's getting away with anything. I don't know where you got that, but nobody is getting away with anything. He told me, he said, You need to understand this. So to make a long story short, you know, I'm I not only thank you, but I'm grateful for this word that you brought forth because I didn't know, as many people on the line probably did not know, that Matthew chapter 7, he was separating Christians 
Because yes, I think a lot of people think he's separating, when he's saying sheep from the goats, a lot of people, I always thought he was separating the Christian from the non-Christians. But apparently that's not what he's doing, no. you know, and, and, and it's like, well, Lord, you know, didn't, you know, well, we didn't we prophesy in your name and that's didn't right. we do that's this, right. didn't we do that? Yeah. And he's saying, you know what, depart from me. I never knew you. Never. That word never makes me tremble. Yeah, it does me too. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. and to make a long story short, um, this is an area where I'm, it's very difficult for me because I find myself tolerating people a lot, putting up with people, and, you know, I, I, Bob keeps telling me they're ignorant. They don't know no better. you got to overlook them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it's just really, you know, and I went through all that rejection stuff and got hurt, you know, from the devil and everything. So, now yeah. I'm at a place where I have to drop my... The Lord had asked me, and I'll try to make this quick because I know it's after 11, but the Lord had asked me some time back to stop protecting myself. And I'm thinking, what? Stop protecting myself. But you know what? You don't have to protect yourself. If you no. love people and you do the best you can to be a, a great representative for the Lord... He will protect you. I don't know how, but he will. You know, maybe that's part of the feedback for loving people. But anyway, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you and how how grateful I am for you. And Bob's to all the time saying, oh, that Elder June, when she preaches, is just such a... Bl-. I hear him talking on the computer, telling people, you know, you... Matter of fact, he was telling somebody today, you need to get on there and listen to Elder June. She she talks about the deep things of God. You need to get in there and listen to her. You know? So we love you very, very much. Thank God. And, I love you, too. I love you, too. And I'm certain we're going to meet each other on this side of life. I'm really certain. I love you, too. Thank you. That would be nice. Your explanation really says nicely what I was trying to say, Prophetess, really. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's I'm one of those people that you were talking about, so I gotta really Me too. I was, yes. <laughs> hey, well, I don't know how you I know. <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> I don't know how you got past it, but and I'm read I was looking for a book, I was desperate to find a book today that I I wanted to read and I started to read it's called um Do Yourself a Favor, Forgive from Joyce, Joyce Meyer. And yes. so it, this is a vital book, honey, honey, that I needed to find. So anyway, to make a long story short, um, I, I am grateful for you, and I'm, I believe that the Lord sat me down here to listen to what you had to I was just going to sit here, you know, and listen on a prayer call, you know, to keep Bob company and be nice to him, and here I got blessed so and delivered. Oh, so God so. bless you, and I hope you have a yeah. wonderful evening and a great day tomorrow. Yes, um, um, Prophetess, you, you know, you know how grateful we should be to God. If God had required love as the first element of His nature that we that we acquire, you know, we wouldn't be able to make it. But He gave us of His Spirit first, and He gave us of His anointing. And even with His anointing and His and His Spirit, it is still so hard to um 
to acquire the love of God and, and to operate in it. And, and, and I know if God did not give the precursor of his anointing and his spirit, we would never able to, um, to grasp his love. But he, he, he does the preparing. He prepares our heart. And then he says, no, you're at this stage. Now the next step, you need to start loving. And you're right. That's when we back up and say, what? <laughs> you want me to love everybody? Are you crazy, God? I can't do that. And so you have to, that's when you, know, you have to give yourself over to God 100%. And without his spirit and without his anointing, I would never, I would never be able to walk in the love of God. No, like people are just too much. <laughs> yeah, really well, God is good. God is good to us. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, he is good to us, but yes, he prepares us before he demands us. He, he prepares us before he demands anything of us, and the love of God is very demanding. Yeah, very demanding. Yes, it, 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 it amazes me when we're in church a lot and we're talking how much we love and we love and we say all kind of stuff about love, and the minute we step through the door, we say, "So where's all that love we were just inside talking about?" So, um, yeah, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will always show us. That you're just talking this thing, and this is not a talking matter. This is uh, this is the actuality. This is doing. But we love to talk it, and we can talk it. We talk a good word about love, but to demonstrate it is something else. Yeah, that's what's hard for me, because I mean, it's like a, you know, I'm working through, you know, bitterness and all that stuff, and unforgiveness, anger, all that stuff. So anyway, yeah, it's you know, it's like what happened to the love as soon as you walk in the church doors like, oh my, where's the love at, you know? So oh, yeah, he's telling me to get off of here, so I'm I'm really sorry. I apologize. I apologize to you. It's so wonderful to hear you. That makes tonight all worthwhile just to hear your prophetess. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate this. Okay. Love you too. God bless. Okay, he's one. God bless you. Prophet Bob, we don't hear a prophet that often. You know I I know that. I know that, but you know it's ten after eleven, and there are people that want to go to bed now. You know, not now, including Prophet Bob. You know, Pastor Marine, Sister Andrea, Jackie. You know, we got some people still on the call that want to make a comment. <laughs> so I'll sit on the side and not say a word except awesome word tonight. Soon I'm done. I'll be the And the less words, I let Gina talk your head off. Good night. I'm I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Prophetess Gina, I can tell you the book that helped me the most was Power to Heal by Joan Hunter. Wow. Joan Hunter. Joan Hunter. Joan Hunter. Hunter? Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never read her. I'll look for her. Okay. She comes into, uh, I actually met her. Uh, she comes oh. into, she's out of... Um, Suburbs of Texas, I want to say suburbs of Houston, actually. Wow. um, Joan Hunter Ministries, her her parents had a a ministry. I mean, they had a ministry. I never heard of ministry, honestly. I heard about it when she was on Sid Roth. Uh, It's Supernatural, and and I got the books, and I have several of her books. And I actually met her because I said, 
I said if she ever came closer to me, like within a certain mile range, I was going to one of her her services, yeah. and I went to most of her three day service, and she was like thirty minutes from me. And when I looked on her calendar, she was at. Um, I went to the conference, and it was a great. I mean, I saw people grow two inches in front of me, literally. He, I mean, oh. wow. I, I saw people. I saw people who had knee issues. I seen people who have fibromyalgia get healed. I seen all that, and he taught people how to do it. So, um, but like emotional issues, she's yeah, she like all of it. I it's amazing. So, um, I would say that was the bit, that was one of the first books um, that helped me. But like I said, I go I honestly I go deep into this stuff. So I would say I would recommend her. Recommend that book for a start. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you. And um, I want to say real quick. You know, um, I've been reading a book on um, Carla Faye Tucker, and I am so moved by the transformation in her life that it just—I can just feel it in my heart while I'm talking about it because she went from being very angry and venomous to—I mean, the love of God just. You know, it just gushed out of her. And she was saying in her book that when you forgive somebody and you release them, it's like God reaching his hand in your heart and pulling out all that anger and bitterness out and just throwing it away. So, you know, she had to forgive somebody that hurt her and she repressed it and everything. So to make a long story short, I'm reading her book so that I can get a a better understanding of how to love people. And I heard somebody say today, I think it was just yesterday, yeah, uh, David Jeremiah, Dr. Jeremiah said, the way to love God is to love people. Amen. So I picked up on that much on it. So, But anyway, when you said Houston, that, you know, that really, you know, caught my attention, you know. So anyway, I, I won't get you know too long-winded here, but you know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be in bed like two minutes ago, and I <laughs> so I keep telling the Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, I'm sorry for this whole thing, but I think He set this all up. So I'm, I'm of the opinion He does understand this tonight. So, but yeah, I'll <laughs> check into that power to heal. Um, Joan Hunter, Minister. Joan Hunter. Yeah. Okay. I look for her too. Amen. Okay. Okay. I know we are overstended our time, folks. I do, you know, the Holy Spirit works. He works. Um, I'm right now. I'm going to open up the line for a prayer request. Okay. Oh, can I? Can I please ask a question? Sure. Praise the Lord. Good night, everyone. I I will try to make this very very quick, but. Um, I'm also, praise the Lord, this is uh, Evangelist Candice. Um, good night, Pastor Maureen, Elder June, good night. Um, good night, praise the Lord, my daughter. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, the Lord actually um, has me studying the nature and characteristics of God, and um, I am new to this. I'm new to teaching. I'm new to a lot of things that the Lord is doing in my life right now, and um 
you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I'm, and I'm in awe. I know, Elder June, that you are um, you're out of this world, actually, when you, when you teach. But, um, but I sat there and I listened to you tonight and I thought, mighty God, you are doing something amazing with this woman. I've never heard anyone teach like you before. Um, so my question is, um, you talked about a couple of things. You talked about consenting to God to do something through us, and then you yeah. also talked about consenting, um, not consenting or not giving God consent, which prohibits God from doing things yeah. in us and through us. So we need to love those who are hard to love. Is it the spirit or anointing of God that overrides our nature, which is carnal or enmity towards God? And um, how do we to this struggle and allow God to correct it? Okay, it it is the spirit of God, and that's why last last week, um, before the Lord taught us about um, the responsibility to love the way He loves, He He was certain to convince us that we're a spirit. Not only that we do have a spirit, but we're actually spirit. That means He Himself, um overrides everything in our being, even even our natural spirit and, and, and we become him. Um the the thought that thought is overwhelming. But once we once we get over get over the initial um shock that you're doing that much with us, then now he begins to tell you what he expects or what you can discover or what you're capable of. So it's his, his spirit that overrides our old self, the old man, our natural okay. self. And then once we consent now, once we have to believe. Believe is so vital. Um, and and at, at some point in time before this course is finished, I'll talk, I'll talk about belief. Believe is so vital because you have to believe. And you, you have to believe before you see. You, you cannot see the manifestation before you believe. So we, we, we have to go to God and say, okay, um, you need to set my belief, my, my, my belief state in order. And he does what he does. I don't know how God does it, but he, he's, he's a creator. He does. And, and so we, we will know when we begin to believe the Spirit of God. Once, once we believe the Spirit of God, again, will indicate to us you're at this spot. You know you're capable to discover this. So all this stuff is already embedded in us. Once we repent of our sins and consent to God, and, and, and especially if we get baptized in his name and have the Holy Ghost, God mm-hmm. is embedded, but it takes a systematic revelation. And so as he reveals himself in us, not outside of us, but in us, um, that's when we are able to, to see what we expect, what's in us, what's there, who we are. And some of this stuff are frightening. To me, anyway, it's frightening at mm-hmm. first. But the Lord will allow you to take little baby steps mm-hmm. and, and, until you until you grow. So his spirit overrides all this stuff. His spirit deals with all this stuff in us. That shouldn't be. And that's why God cannot stay outside of us and do all this work. He really have to come in. And he coming in caused God a lot of pain because God is holy and mm-hmm. God is pure. 
and God is righteous, and he has to uh, agree to abide in our mess um, until we begin to get our cleanse. But he cannot stay outside of us and do this. So he comes in. And once he comes in, then we become him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what we need to allow him to manifest, that he is actually here. And so if we allow him to manifest, it's him we will see. When, when, we, when we talk, when we sing, when we, it will be him. So if I'm driving down the street and somebody, you know, bad drives me, if I am Christ, I'm not going to get into road rage and chase mm-hmm. the guy down in his house and shoot mm-hmm. him. And I'm going to do what the Spirit of Christ. If I do that, if I still chase him down and get in road rage, that's an indicator to me that, okay, that you're not allowing God to be himself through you. You're still you. And so that's when you repent and we don't say, oh, God, he bothered me. He got on my last nerve. So we can't do that because we are growing up to be like Christ. So the stuff that happens to us, the Lord uses them for us to see ourselves. They're like mirrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we don't have to wait for stuff to happen to us in life for, to be mirrors to us, but we do. We're that type of people. Uh, the Word of God is really there. We could look in the Word. We could really set aside a certain time each day or each week and say, let me examine myself in the Word. Let me look in the Word and see what I look like. And, and you get that from First Corinthians 3, verse 18. You can, you can look. And, and you will see. But many times, because we just going on with our life, going on with our life, it is the things that happen to us that will cause us to, to realize who, who we still are. <laughs> and okay. then once we realize, though, is not to try to justify ourselves like Jonah. Once we realize it, it's a time for repenting and go to God and say, God, okay, this is what I just realized in myself. And sometimes I can rebuke my own self because sometimes really and truly, evangelist, I, I, I thought I, I, um, I had gotten over some things, really. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm through with this quality. I'm through with this characteristic. Um, there's no way that I have any, any validity in me anymore. And then something will happen and it will pop up and go, you're still here, lady. God, I got rid of you a long time ago. And so that's when you're back up and go back to God again and say, okay, Abba, Daddy, I really thought that I would be on that, but look what I just did. And I'm so glad you're so gracious. And um, you sort of watch and, and, and make certain. So to your long answer, I always give long answers, but it is the Spirit of God that you depend on mm-hmm. to do those um, overriding. The anointing, the anointing is empowerment to do an assignment. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what that is. Um, the anointing of God, when the anointing of God comes upon you, it's an empowerment to do an assignment. And God is very peculiar. If God wants to do an assignment through you, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do if you are righteous or holy or <laughs> pure. God will use a donkey to do what he wants to do. <laughs> he will use a prostitute. God will use anybody. So it's nice to see. Um, it's nice to see people manifesting God, but that's why that's why Luke says after you do something, you're supposed to really back with God and say, I am an unprofitable servant because you don't want to be doing those things and get carried away with doing those things and tapping yourself on the shoulder and say, oh, man, I'm so in with God. Look what I did. Look what I did. You can't be doing that because 
um, the anointing is just meaning that um, the Lord put an empowerment on you to do a certain work. And mm-hmm. God should get the glory anyway. So um, anoint, 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 being anointed is good. But um, because my teaching goes beyond the earth and the manifestation of earth, my, my my teaching goes up into heaven. So I I will I will go I will go past the anointing. I will go I will go past you being anointed. Although it's wonderful, it's nice. I love to see it. I love to see people acting by the the power of God rather than their own natural self. But I also know that when all that is done. You need to run in your closet and make certain that you're good with God. Amen. Um, and just a part B, quick, short one, I promise. Um, yeah. When you say this, the Spirit of God overrides our nature, um, the Spirit of God being the nature of God or the characteristic of God? Um, the Spirit of God means God himself. Yeah, the Holy His Spirit. nature is characteristic, all that he is. That's the Spirit of God. That's that's God. Okay. The Spirit of God is God Himself. And um according to what's going on You're with talking about you the Godhead, him, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, the Godhead, yes, the okay. Godhead. And according to what assignment is going on between you and him, what he wants you to do, it depends on what what aspect of himself he, he manifests and uses. I was rushing through this segment of the lesson. I didn't intend to spend so many weeks on it because I really wanted to finish this old teaching. Um, the second next next week next week it was my scheduled time, and, and the Lord took longer because the Lord took the lessons to places where He wanted to go. But I wanted to to go into the manifestations of God. And, and and the persons of God. Persons is a bad word for apostolic folks, um, but I can explain it. I, I want to go into the manifestations of God and, and, and to see um, how we should approach God um, to make certain that we are effective in the things that mm-hmm. we're trying to accomplish. So I really want to go into the, like, I want to do some theophanies and, mm-hmm. um, and the persons of God and, and so that I wish I'm I'm trying to get to that the Lord is spending more time on his nature and characteristics than I <laughs> than I thought he would. So that and, and that's where we're gonna end. We're gonna end up with the the, 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 the various manifestations um of God. We just mentioned the Godhead. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna look into the Godhead and and the manifestations and, and why God needs more than one manifestation in, in dealing with us. So that's that's where we're gonna end. Um, this um, this lesson about the power of knowledge, and mm-hmm. then after that, we should be equipped with um, enough basic information about God, the Bible, ourselves, the enemy, that we should be able to study anything in the Bible effectively and don't misrepresent the Word of God. Okay. So that's where we're heading. And then um, see what you just asked, um, if that's the spirit of God or the nature and recovery, that's when I will explain um, when God acts as father, this is what you'll see. When he's the son, this is what you'll mm-hmm. see. When he's the Holy Ghost, this is what you'll see. And that's why I read Matthew 28 to 18, to say that God operates in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I mean, why does he have to operate in different manifestations or different forms? It's the same one spirit but he, he manifests 
differently and very distinctly at times. That's why some people would say that there are three gods because certain mm-hmm. scriptures does make it look like there are three gods, but there's only one God, and he has these manifestations. So I really do want to um, finish off with his manifestations and um, some types types of Christ and theophanies and why God found it necessary to do to do all of all of that for us. And then we'll be able to just open widely into the Bible. If if um, Pastor Maureen um, wants me to continue teaching on Monday nights or any or any time she wants me to teach, I I will now feel confident that I could just um, talk without counting my words so much, just to make certain that I'm not misleading anybody. Because we all get on the same page, all with the basic common knowledge and information, then I won't I won't confuse anybody. I might still upset some people but mm-hmm. can't help that. <laughs> but, but I won't confuse I won't confuse anybody. I, I don't want to confuse anybody because um after I am finished and gone and you're left with yourself, then it wouldn't be right if I confuse you. I should I should um equip you to walk to walk a good mile even if you're by yourself. So that's um Okay. Thank you. We're heading heading over to the manifestation and the sons, um, the manifestation and types of Christ and theophanies and all of that stuff. And um, so when God, when God, um, when God communicates with you, you will you can know what office is in, or what Mm -hmm. manifestation. And and sometimes I pray certain prayer. I'll pray to the Father. Mm-hmm. And I'll pray in the name of Jesus Christ, but I know I'm praying to the Father. And sometimes I'll just talk directly to Jesus Christ, the Son. And and it just depends on what it is that, that I need. Some stuff you just have to go to the Father. And you can't you cannot ask the Son. You know, it's in the office of the Father. So that's where we're gonna end up. So your so your 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 question presupposes where we're heading. Okay. Okay? Okay, thank you. All right, God bless. God bless, God bless all you saints of God, Prophet Father, Pastor Marine, Elder Jean, Elder June. This is Evangelist Dawn. Praise, Praise the Lord, yeah. Praise the Lord, Evangelist. I just want to let you know how much you are appreciated. I remember you teaching me 10 years ago. Praise the Lord, uh, Evangelist. And you're a good teacher. And I was Thank so happy. And I just want you to know that I'm enjoying this teaching with um, all of all of the saints and prophets and ministers of God. I wish that this was in America, but I, I don't have a prayer line here. And I just want to just touch a little topic for um, 50 seconds, not a minute. Um, I forgive, forgive each and every one of persons that have wronged me, surround me, um, hurt me, even when my son was and I had him choking on his blood on the line. I went and I forgive the boys that kill him. However, I, I have a problem with guarding myself. I stayed in the house for months. I was in consecration in my closet for two years, and I would not come out. And you know how long you haven't seen me until the other day when I was obedient. Yeah. And um, I love everyone, and I forgive. I don't hold those feet inside of me. 
But there's something about knowing with people that you have to be in the things of God and in the spirit of God to understand it. So I just want each and everyone to know that tonight was such a blessing and um, forgiving and letting things go and loving people is one of the best gifts because then it's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and God moving in you, through you, around you, and it will not stop nothing in the sense of blessing, to bless you with all his gifts and the Shekinah glory. But you still cannot, I still guarding myself from people. But I want to know that I was so happy to hear from Pastor Maureen and to see you and to connect with you. And I will talk to you again and see you very soon. But thank you for your teaching and what you are teaching as an evangelist 10 years ago and how you were hard with the teaching and made me <laughs> over the test, but that was humility. You passed the exam. I did pass you passed your exam, yes. <laughs> but the, Praise God. To go over and over to do it, I just humble myself and do it. And when you finally passed me, I was so grateful. So I want you to know that you're highly appreciated. And may God bless you and each and every one of the minister, prophet, pastors, evangelists, and the prayer line. God bless you all. Praise the Lord, Evangelist. It's so nice hearing you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm opening the line one more time for any prayer requests before we close. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, um, go ahead, Sister Erica. Oh, you sure, Pastor? Um, okay, thank you. I, I, for, well, Sister LaShawna, I, I really do have a prayer request about... Uh, I'm sorry. I, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're hearing you. I just... I know that I prayed and I, I felt like uh, that I got over things. And sometimes it seems like it's in a moment kind of a thing to get over something because I I just need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer from attacks of the enemy trying to attack me in my sleep, even through people. And another thing for Elder Drew Malcolm, I thank you for this teaching, and I thank you for who you are because your your spirit is so humbling and it teaches me how to be humble because I can say for myself, I know that I'm not as connected to God as you are, even though he may be connected to me. It's that I need to recognize it, you know. Um, And, I mean, it's awesome that you can be so humble because I've I've been across people where they felt like they knew a lot and and it wasn't about God, it was about like you said, look at what I did. It's like a, a peacock showing his feathers. Look at me, here I am, kind of a thing. And I also have one question, well, probably a couple of questions, but um, I wanted to know, you kind of answered my question when you said to, you know, self-examine. I even need to know how to do that sometimes because when I think that I'm doing it right, it, it seems like it's turned around, so I won't pretend that I know what I'm doing. And I, even, like, going to speak 
to people, speak to the nations. I seem to do it sometimes excitedly. Sometimes I seem to do it even systematically and even religiously because I felt like this will please God, um, but not necessarily knowing how to do it from his perspective and how to do it out of true, true godly love. You know what I mean? But just to say, I look look what I did. I went out and I spoke just to even be encouraging for somebody else to speak, but still not truly understanding it all, even if I could make sense right now, because sometimes I don't even make sense to myself when I'm speaking. But um, if you can understand what I'm asking, like how do I... Or how do yeah. we? Um, you know. um, yes, I understand, Sister Erica. <clears throat> See what um, Evangelist Colburn just said. She forgave the person who murdered her son, and mm-hmm. she she knew she did. It was a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. She she in in facing that pain, she um she decided I'm going to forgive. So so forgiveness in the first place is a decision. It's a decision, yeah. it's not a feeling, it's a decision. So you decide, I forgive. But because you are still suffering loss or sometimes shock, you might still feel a weight or a burden, and you have to admit that to yourself. Yeah. So um, so you say something like this to, to, um, to your father, and I said I'm going to get into the different manifestations and different offices of God, and so that you know which office you you're, um, and I don't know every office for every situation, but I'll give you enough to start with. Um, you know what office to to go to for a certain situation. So in this case, like what is Alice Coburn just said, um, if I would have to go to the Father for that, not necessarily the Holy Ghost. Nor, 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 nor the son. I'll go to the father and I say, Abba, because he's the creator. He's the one that, who, who made me first, right? I'm his idea. I'm God's idea. So he knows every, not that Jesus doesn't know or the son doesn't know, but God is systematic in how he operates with us because if he's not systematic, he would overwhelm us. And we wouldn't know how to know him or how to relate to him. We wouldn't really get to be intimate with him. He would be too much for us. So he yeah. sort of breaks himself down in a way that we can relate. And, and and so if we know how to relate to him right, we will be more effective in getting answers uh, and, and solutions to our situation. That's why I said in the hospital when he, when he brought the baby to my full attention, I, I didn't just jump up and start talking. Um, I really had to go into where he was and let him, instruct me exactly what he wanted me to do. And once I heard exactly, I took the time to, to hear what he wanted me to do. And once I did it, immediately, instantly, the baby stopped crying. And, 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 and so, so that's, that's how we, we do that. So we just have to admit when we know that something is still lingering in us. And um, we have not fully gotten over something. And so if it pertains to the Father, we go to Abba. If it pertains to Jesus Christ, we go to Jesus, the Son, uh, our brethren. Our, uh, in Hebrew, he says, he's not ashamed to call us brethren. So sometimes it's a, it's a brother you need. It's a, it's a person who has walked here where you are walking, and he can be touched with all the feelings of your infirmity. He's able to succor you. You go to Jesus for that because 
he was the one that was manifested in flesh and walked on the earth and was subjected to all the mean people. Uh, and, and so he knows when that is your issue. And then the, the, the Holy Ghost is when you need something that's far above and beyond earth, but yet have its root in the earth. And so you go to the Holy Ghost because he, 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 that's how God, when God is operating in that office, then he calls himself the Holy Ghost. So it's the same spirit, but it depends on what the operation is and how God wants. So for, like, Evangelist Coburn, my son died. Somebody killed my son, and my son is gone. He's my only son. I had so much hope for him. All the plans, uh, he was the one that was going to carry on our family name, and, and now he's gone. And I am. I don't wish any harm. I don't want any harm to come to um, the person who took his life. I do want them even to be saved. I genuinely mean that. I'm not just saying it. I mean it. I want them to come to Christ. I want them to be saved. I want them to ask God to forgive them of their sins, and I already forgive them. But I'm still feeling lost. I'm still feeling pain. So I know I have to go to Abba and says, I said I forgave, and I did. But I'm still feeling an emptiness. I'm still, still feeling a loss. I'm still feeling pain. And you who created my heart and you who created me, I'm coming to you honestly to say, please fill this void. And so that's how, that's how you self-examine and that's how you, you, you talk that out. And, you know, in time, in yes. time, you will begin to feel, feel in that, that, that emptiness and that pain will subside because God will do what he has to do to, to build you up in that place where you, that was reserved for your son. You had a place reserved for your son alive, not a son dead. Uh, and, and, and now he's gone. And so that place is just burning and hurting. Mm-hmm. And only God can touch that place and soothe that place and fill that place. So you have to go to him. And you don't you don't pretend like you're not feeling that. That's why when I go to do funerals and people are telling people not to cry, I say, what sort of instruction is that? You're telling people not to cry and they're suffering a lot. They say, cry all you want to cry. Just know that just cry on the Lord. Cry to Jesus. Don't cry on yourself. But cry to Jesus. And if you cry to Jesus, he understands tears and he will soothe you. And it takes it takes different periods of time for different people. Um but it will happen. It will happen eventually. But it will not happen if you don't forgive. Mm-hmm. If you forgive it, it will eventually. God will eventually. And you know what? God will use those situations to, mm-hmm. to, to grow you up, to train you, to, to thicken you up, to empower you, to make you strong. Because if you're going to suffer great loss, it's not just for you to feel that loss. Um, God will use that for you to minister to somebody else. That's why it says I know that um, the Lord wants to use me in the sick kids hospital for ministry because I have so many experience going there and I can understand what the people are feeling. Um, even if they even they have a child who dies, I can understand that because I had a daughter who died there and the Lord brought her back to life. But I did go through that period when she, when she died. And... Um, so the Lord will allow you to experience certain things, and if you know how to go to him with those things, you will find that it's equipped for ministry. 
and it's in you it's in you helping somebody else um to to live after their tragedy where you will begin to get healing inside of you. Okay, you will see now that what happened to you have a purpose, a good purpose. And when you, the more you use that experience to help somebody, it's the more fulfilled you will feel. And after a while, you can actually rejoice and give thanks. Not that, not that you suffered that loss, not that your child died, not that you, you lost an eye, you lost a leg, or whatever you might have lost, you lost a husband, you lost all your money because the person that you were investing with it was a swindler and you didn't know. Not, not that. You're not giving him thanks for losing that. You're giving him thanks that even in the face of such a loss, you're, you're able to recover from it, to forgive, and now you're using those experiences to help somebody else. That's what you're giving thanks for. That you, you didn't die in the process. It didn't commit suicide. It didn't destroy you. You survived. He, 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 he had you walk through it. And so having walked through it, you're now empowered. Um, you're, you have conquered it, and now you're empowered to help somebody else to walk through too. Look, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to do this or to be rude. And please forgive me, but I just have to say I mean, one more stuff. Um, we know to Job. Before my son died, he took me to Psalms 4 and the book of Job, and he gave me a specific
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.